So welcome back. We are we have finished our first chapter. Well, finished is really a, a relative term, but we, we tried to get through the first chapter of the purpose of the universe. What we're going to try to do now in this next step as we learn through the Derech Hashem is not to appreciate the universe as a whole, but to transcribe that idea into humanity. So where do we belong in that scheme of things? Now we did touch on this at the beginning because a lot of the purpose of the universe centers around humanity's fulfilling their purpose, right? So we have, we have that. But the question is, is specifically, specifically, how does that look in real, in real, in, in, in real terms? So let's, let's start at the beginning. We move now into chapter, what's, what's called Perik Shlishi, the third chapter. Remember, the first chapter was describing God. We, uh, we did not spend time on that, on that Perik as much. We spent more time on the, the, the idea of the world. Now, what he does is, for us is he does a very wonderful thing, which is he gives us a summary of the previous chapter with one addition in the first paragraph, which is helpful. This will lay the, the groundwork for our discussion today, which I think is quite fascinating because although we've seen the big ideas, we've not seen the specific ideas. And like, how, why does that translate to the world that we know, we feel, we touch? Why, why is it as it is? So let's start at the beginning. So he does a, a quick remi- a reminder. Kvar Zoharnu, he says, we've already mentioned, Heyos ha'adam oiso Since humanity is that creature which is meant to cleave to him. Why is cleaving to him the currency? Because why is why is cleaving to him the currency? It must be because that's the only that that's the greatest form of good, right? So for it to be the greatest form of good, that is how that's his giving of it, is for us to, to achieve this. And this creature is sort of in limbo or in balance between completion and deficiency. And the possibility, therefore, is to make the choice to be more shalem. This needs to be by the, this creation's own free will in order for this to work. If this creation had any reason to have to be forced, whether the, the compulsion is internally, externally, whether it is incentivization or force, Whatever the reason is, then in that case, that achievement of that based on that choice would not really be complete. That would not be what Hashem wanted because He wanted to give the greatest good to humanity. Okay? Therefore, it was left up to that creature's free will. Therefore, it needs to be equally weighted. So this is now the new idea that he's introducing, which is, is for choice to work, choice needs to be balanced. Which means to say, you know, sometimes when we're dealing with our kids, we know, you know, we, we get into this situation where we say, you know, they don't want to get dressed. So you say, okay, do you want the blue shirt or the red shirt? Right? And you know, like, so, you, you know, you're giving them their space and they feel like they have autonomy, but really, you're just getting them dressed until then they... A few weeks later, then they realize that they're just being tri- tricked, right? So, or, or like, when, when, let's say as a parent, um, you, uh, you, you, you sort of say, well, if you don't eat supper, you're going to bed right away, right? Look, I ate supper. <laughs> what an obedient young, young, young child. So the, on, the, the truth is, in those cases, that's not really equally weighted because the framework of choice or the options in the choices are not necessarily equally weighted. And that being the case, there would not therefore be a, a, a sincere decision-making process. You're trying to augment it because you have a meeting to go to and the supper time has needs to take place and, and bath time. So you, you're helping the decision process along, but that's not really their choice. You're just um, 
you're just taking away something or or, or threatening something um, in order to to get to what it is that you want. So that that can't be. That's not a real choice. That has to be equally weighted. That being the case, so therefore he says. Um, so the person has to be able to have the choice to choose and want each side. So and also the possibility. So maybe that we want to, but you know, if you tell if you tell a person in a gulag in Siberia, you know, make you know, make the choice to go to Hawaii. They can't make that choice, right? No matter how much they'd want to, it just isn't a possibility right now. Okay, Nivraha Adam Tov that's why we have in the in, in the control panel on the back of, of all of us, you know, there's, uh, there's two two gauges. One is called a Yetzirah, one is called a Yetzirah. We have them inbuilt. And the person has the possibility of, of choosing what they want. So that's interesting, which means to say that the actual, for the, the algorithm of decision making actually is internal rather than external. Yes, there may be circumstances that were put in which make the decisions for us difficult or make us to have to confront certain difficult situations. But ultimately speaking, it's actually internally. Internally, we have that, 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 that so to speak, razor blade uh, that we stand upon to, to go either way, good or bad, and that's the Yetzirah Torah Yetzirah. Now, we, we know this and we talk about these terms, but I feel like we throw them around so easily without really understanding. Like, you know, because certainly, certainly in today's, um, in today's day and age where you know we have we have everything everything is made into a cartoon or a video so you kind of imagine you know like the white little figure on the right shoulder and the you know the dark or red or dark black figure on the other shoulder and whispering in your ear which way which way and you know kind of that that sort of uh, um you know very very childish kind of way of looking at things that's not exactly how it works right it's not different voices it's not different personalities you know, one is not a charismatic. It, it, it's that's not what's happening over here. So how do, how does that look? But it, 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 it is the next the, the topic, the next paragraph. But just to appreciate right now, this is the framework necessary for us to be able to achieve greatest goodness. Because then we can really make decisions. If we're really making decisions, we're making decisions which count. And there's nothing which is forcing us one way or the other. One of the critical decisions in our life. Now there are many decisions we don't make enough. We don't have the opportunity of making. But the ones that really matter are the ones that are that are in front of us. Interesting enough. It's, uh, so just, just for, for a moment, just stop here and to think about this. That means to say that let's say we're in a place in life where we couldn't make a decision, right? So that was taken away from us, right? So it's, it's like the supper or bed options, you know? Um, or we, we, don't, we just don't have that, 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 that latitude. So that case, clearly that's a decision which is not something we're being rewarded or punished for. Make sense? Mm-hmm. That makes sense? But I mean, is that like if it's a situation where I just economically psychologically, emotionally, physically, whatever it is that I can't make that decision, right? I simply cannot. Then clearly that wasn't a decision which I can, I, I'm going to be rewarded or punished on. And, and we spend a lot of time worrying about those decisions. You know? And uh, it, it's, it's interesting to sort of think about the sphere of control and the sphere of, uh, of concern. We have a lot in our sphere of concern, but it's interesting that the most important ones are the ones that we can really truly make even way to decisions. And those are the ones we really, we also, we, we try to avoid, but those are the real ones that count. It's easier to be in a situation of a victim of circumstance, but those are the ones that really make a difference in our life. So, okay, so good. So this, this is really a summary, but now he's introduced the two players. The two players are internal. What are they exactly? How, how do they make, make themselves heard in our lives? So here's how it goes. Here's his, his argument. And it's very, it's very simple, it's very basic, and it makes a lot of sense. He kind of hinted to this last week. So paragraph base. Ulam, nonetheless, 
By the way, you'll notice that so many of these paragraphs begin, begin with the word ulam or omnam, but or however, which is fascinating. So it, what it essentially is doing for us is the following. I, I, I think if we were to have a conversation with the Ramchal, he would say, everything I'm saying here is self-evident. Right? He's saying, I'm not, I'm not introducing to you ideas which you've never heard of, which don't make sense by themselves. I would like to tell you things which if you spend enough time thinking about, you'd have to arrive at. So, that, so I've now described to you these all things, the, this. Now, I did introduce the idea, he says, of Hashem wanting to do good. Now, once you have that, you should automatically arrive at the conclusions I have, because the greatest good could only be if we're attaching ourselves to Him. We can only really achieve that if we're actually earning it. How could we really earn that if we're making free choices? We can only make free choices if... So every step of the way, it's almost however, 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 because th- there's still pieces missing. It's almost as if... So the, ne- the next logical step we may need to take is this. He has the next logical step. So just to sort of follow on this way, it's almost as if everything he's saying is self-evident. And it makes so much sense. So now, now that he said these Yetzirah talking about Yetzirah, so however, what does it mean? What does it look like? For this to really work, A person, therefore, is also a composite of two opposite um, um, ingredients. A person is comprised of a soul, which is um, cerebral and pure, and a body, which is material and um, gross, sort of gross in terms of like not, not, not pristine, not, not fine. Um, so each one is obviously pulling in its direction to its place where it, where it finds its natural comfort. So the body pulls towards materialism because that's where it is made from, and the bo- and the soul is pulling towards towards ideas, which is where it is pulled from. Therefore, they're going to have this continual war. In the way that if the neshama makes the prevailing decisions, that it will therefore elevate that which is attached to, because the body and the soul are inextricably connected during this world. So if it makes the right decision, the body is pulled with it. The person therefore will be a complete human being. So if that person allows materialism to be the, the driving force of decision making, in that way, the, where the body, so to speak, returns to its quarry, its natural resting point, and it pulls the neshama with it. That person will be further away from um, uh, completion. And therefore, it's further from Hashem. Every person has that opportunity to make those decisions. So now he's giving it in a little more clear terms. So Yetzirah, Yetzirah Tov are a function of the different composite parts of our being. So if you want to sort of look at it, in a, if you want to expand the spectrum for a moment now, so what we could say is like this. When you have an animal, an animal is really completely chomri. An animal does have instincts, which are more well called a cerebral part of an animal, but those are still the, the, really the lowest part of, of, human, of human soul. But the animal does have instinct, but that's really the highest you go um, when, it comes to, when it comes to animals. They're really essentially a material being, and the material being is really has a few basic functions on Earth, and they are eating, sleeping, reproduction, and survival. Basically, that's what, that's what, that's what animals spend all their time doing. And um, that's, that's the material being. Then we have angels, this angelic host, which are not 
in any way bound by physicality, so much so that Leo's opinions, as an example, in this week's parasha, like the, the, the Rambam, so suggests in Moram Nevochim that in Parashas Vayera, when it talks about Avram Avinu seeing the Melachim, he didn't see the Melachim because a human being who's bound by physicality cannot see a spiritual being. It must have been in a vision. So this whole Vayera story was in a dream. That's what the Rambam says because it's so far, so distant is the cerebral reality of an angel to a human being. We don't have the capacity. Our five senses are too limiting for us to see beyond. So that, that, that not everybody agrees with that, most people disagree with that, but just understand, uh, get a sense of how far it is. So let's look at those opposite ends of the spectrum. So you have a spiritual being, you have a physical being, and now you have the human being, which is kind of this in-between, where God fused the two together. If you actually go back to it, if you remember to, uh, just three weeks ago when we looked at Voracious, when God described the, the creation of the human being, the word he used was, Naase Adam, let us make man. Right, is a very confusing, confusing statement. You know, it, it sort of kind of feeds into certain religions that believe there, there's, there's a few folks up there, you know, and, uh, and not, not just one monotheistic um, um, God. So why would Hashem word it in such an ambiguous and misleading way? So there's a number of explanations given. Rashi famously says he's consulting, but uh, the Ramban says a different thing. He says like this, if you look at the creation on day six, the first thing Hashem says was, Toitseya Oretz. Let the, let, let the land produce nefesh chaya, this, the, these living beings, which is animals, right? So animals are a product of the earth, which means to say the basic components of inorganic matter are going to come together to form a life-bearing matter. That's the, it's, it's made of the same carbon, it's, it uses the same systems of energy. It all, all comes from earthliness. Then Hashem says, well, I'm going to make a deal with you, earth. I'm going to make a deal with you, periodic table. You're going to produce for me a material base, a platform, and I, together with you, Earth, Naaseh, we, will make a human being. I'll invest the spiritual part, you invest the physical part, and together we'll create this, this composite being called the human being. Very complex, right? It's just, it doesn't work so well. It's so hard. It's always at odds with itself. So that's, that's really the, the human being. That's what he's describing now. So it, 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 this is such a basic binary principle. You know, it's so obvious then to us. It, it's just funny. We struggle with this. We may know this. But this happens all the time to us. We, we always have decisions between values and, 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 um, and convenience. Always, all the time. Right? I'm asked to do something which is a, a value-based, an idea-based thing. But conveniently speaking, it's out of my way. Right? It, conveniently speaking, it's not, not to my cup. It's going to make me tired. It's going to make me miss my coffee. It's going to make me whatever it is. These decisions are happening all the time. So what he's saying is, is that when you're in the middle, when you feel that, 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 that pull on each side, we need to ask ourselves, What's, what's pulling us one way, what's pulling us the other way, and if it's value versus pleasure, value versus convenience, value versus comfort, then, then that's clearly what we're talking about over here because one side is pulling one way, one side is pulling the other way. Just interesting enough, the, the way that the Medrash describes this, he's not, you don't you notice, he doesn't quite Midrash him, he doesn't beat around the bush, he says very basic principles in very clear language. This is, this is encyclopedic, he's doing it in a very clear way. But what he's referring to is that there's, there's a number of Midrashim which describe this, so one Medrash is it describes the following interesting union where you have a, uh, um, a princess who's, you know, who's the heiress to a large kingdom, but um, she's kind of, she kind of has her own way of thinking about things and her dad and her mom are not so happy about her, so to speak, perspectives on life. She grows up in a more progressive generation 
and she falls in love. She, she's not into the kind of, you know, set up marriages business. And so she falls in love with this very handsome fellow who happens to be a wood chopper, you know. <laughs> so, and, and, uh, and the father and the mother try to convince her. The more they try to convince her, the less she's interested in listening to them. And she ends up, she ends up going, uh, going out and getting, getting married with this fellow. Until she, she realizes that, you know, where she's going to live is at a hut in the middle of the woods. Right, so after the marriage, they go back to their to to um, and they come back from their honeymoon, and they're going to go to his wonderful ramshackle um, hut. And he takes her in, and he is so excited, and he just wants to he wants to he wants to give her everything he possibly can. So he goes and he he picks potatoes out of the backyard, and he and he slices them in two, and he puts them in the oven to bake her potatoes, which is his favorite dinner. And you know, as she looks at it with you know the wooden spoons which mis- are mismatched and uh, served on these uh, cracked plates. She, 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 there's a certain revulsion in her, and he finds, and he's so sad because he's mm-hmm. trying so hard to give her what it is that she wants, and ultimately it's not really what she wants, and no matter what he does, it doesn't really work, and so, and and she's disappointed, he's dis- he's frustrated, and it's 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 a very difficult situation. Says says the 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 medrash, what that means is that's kind of the journey of the soul to this world, the soul comes from a much different, a much more celestial um, um, place. It's, it's drawn out of a quarry of complete spirituality, and it's placed into this very, what he calls a guf, chomri v'achur, uh, this backwards, very rudimentary body. And the body tries to give the soul what it wants, but it just keeps giving it more donuts and coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the soul is used to ideas and cerebral, ethereal experiences. And, and it keeps looking at these baked potatoes and just can't get to like them. And that's kind of the experience we have. We have this, this, this yearning. And sometimes what we do is, because we have this spiritual yearning, we try to fill it with things, right? And the more we fill it, you know, the, the plumper we get. But the, the less happy the soul necessarily is because it's not the right currency for what it was talking, it, it, was, it was necessarily looking for. So that's, that's kind of a little bit where, we, where, where he's going in this, in this direction. And there's this battle of, of choice, but, and the battle of choice is stemming from two parts of our personality. Well, one which is more spiritual, one which is more material. Makes, makes a lot of sense, and uh, we, we've all heard these ideas. It's just the way he's framing it over here is, is that is how the experiment is, is meant to be. It's just so interesting because we can't escape ourselves, right? We can't escape the fact that we have bodily needs. We can't escape the fact that we have spiritual needs, and they both are warring for our attention all the time from the moment we wake up till when we go to sleep. Now, okay, so, so this, is, this is the framework. Now, now we need to get into like, this nitty-gritty. So how does that work? So how does that look? So in order for this to work, he says, however, clearly we're not at the end of the journey here. <laughs> so in paragraph Gimel, For any good test, you need to have an endpoint, right? So let's say you have a standardized test and there are seven billion questions. Nobody's going to pass that test because there's no way to finish that test. So clearly there has to be 20 questions, 30 questions, 40. There needs to be a limit as to how, how long it is that we're in this obstacle course to make these decisions. How many decisions are we being given in this, on this test? And therefore, when we finish that test, then we, we achieved it because we passed all these increasingly difficult decisions in our life. And then we can, we can achieve complete completion because we, that was the whole point of this. So God, therefore, obviously needed to create two separate time zones. So obvious, right? You need to have a time where we're working, we're being tested, decisions are being made, and then there's a time where we're cashing in, right, where we're receiving. Now, remember, he pointed out that 
the two are interconnected and that the better the decision I make, the better my, my so to speak, is man kibble sachar receiving the reward and who I am, meaning they're interconnected. It's not like I'm, you know, getting the tokens and I'm getting the prize. I'm actually a better person by the decisions I'm making, but nonetheless, there's two different times for doing and for receiving. We've, um, we've seen this kind of idea. I'm sure we've heard this kind of idea. This, this idea is, is all through Talmudic thought is, is, is clearly replete there. Um, you know, example being, there is a, the Gemara Nabot talks about how at the end of time, the nations of the world are going to come in front of HaKadosh Baruch. HaKadosh Baruch is going to stand up there metaphorically with a Sefer Torah and says, anybody who is involved in these ideas, come and receive your reward. And there's a clamoring, everybody comes to, to God and says, you know, God, we do all these wonderful things for, the, uh, uh, for you and for the nation of Israel. And Hashem says, not really. Um, and so, and, uh, and, they, and they ask for a second chance the nations of the world, and Hashem says, I'll give you a, a, a mitzvah kala, an easy mitzvah, and he gives them a mitzvah sukkah, famously. And the Gemara interjects and says, wait a second, that the rules of the game are, is that the mitzvahs are to, to be done today, and tomorrow to receive rewards. So it's not fair, after the game's finished, you know, there's that kid who says, can I take the test again? <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> I gave you the rule book, it was pretty clear, right? If you wanted to read it, the Bible was on any shelf in any motel. You could work it out, right? So, so if, if you think about this, you know, the, it, it, it makes sense. There has to be a limit. And this is the basic idea. Therefore, he goes on, Ulam, however, Hashem is, is generous to us that He gives us the earlier time, which is the working time, that's the test-taking period, is, is, a, is a limited period. Because that's why Hashem wanted it to be. He wanted it to be easier for us. But receiving reward, that's without end. That's very hard for us to grasp. right? We like ends, we like boundaries, we like it's measuring things and, me- and graphing them. But it doesn't have an end. right? And why is that necessary, by the way? Empir- empirically, why is that necessary? Because if you're attaching yourself to God, and God is infinite, then there can't be an end to that, right? So that obviously that, that, that has to be, that, that's the necessary, uh, the necessary definition of that, of that period, which is hard for us to, to, to perceive. But clearly this, the, this period is limited. Now, just to clarify, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I think perhaps the way that a lot of people think of this is, is well, human lifespan is limited, right? So we live, a, that's true, but it's actually more than that. It also means to say the entire confine of Olam Azeh is limited. Right, there's a specific end point to Olam Azeh as well. So the, this world's going to end at a certain point when it turns over to Olam Abba, Which comes down to an interesting debate, which is just worthwhile noticing. And that is, is that what happens to a person after death? No, um, so uh, although there are reports of folks who do come back, but generally speaking, we don't have so many people telling us about what's going on there. So we look into, in, into Torah sources, and Torah, Torah sources tell us that it was actually a little bit of a debate. There are those like the Rambam who understand that a person automatically enters into Olam Haba, into the world to come, which essentially is a parallel world to the world that we're in. So a person passes away at the time, hopefully that it's appropriate to them, and then they, and their soul then detaches, enters into Olam Haba. It's the parallel track, essentially. Most people disagree with the Rambam. The Ramban in the Shara Gmul as being one of the, the predominant argue, um, uh, uh, the, uh, colleagues who argue on the Rambam. And clearly, the Derech Hashem is going in the direction of the Ramban, which is the Kabbalistic track, which is, that we'll see this more in, in detail, but after a person dies, they do not go to Olam Abba. There's a waiting room. Oh, when a person dies, it's still Olam Azeh. Olam Azeh is, if you think of what you just said now, there is a, there's a fixed time for this world. 
But a person dies, they have not left this fixed time. They're in a spiritual part of this world, but it's still Olam Azeh. When does Olam Abbas start? When does that period of receiving reward start? That's at a fixed point in the future. That's going to be when the entire world is going to either enter or not enter it. Right? It's, a, it's very in or out. There's no partially in or out. Um, when it comes, to, it comes to that, that's in the future. That means to say the resurrection of the dead will be when bodies and souls are reunited to have an, another opportunity of chance in this world. And then at the end of that will be Olam Abba. Just to clarify what he's saying here, it just, it's not, it's not, it's, it, this is a matter of debate which he is taking a side on as it goes. Yes, Ilana. <clears throat> is he saying that when you die now, you stay here in this world? He hasn't said that, but it, uh, he hasn't given us the details. But yes, it's not in this world in terms of this world, you know, um, North America, you know. But it, but it means to say that in the spiritual part of this world, which is a limited world, it's still a, a, t- a world which has, um, which has a gvul to it. So okay? we say someone that died um, is now gone to the Really, it's kind of, kind of Aiden is a, is a better, better, better turn to, to, to talk okay. about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a Ma'ain. It's what's called Ma'ain Olam Abba. It's not, it's not really Olam Abba itself. So there's a, it's, it's similar to it. We'll get to, he'll get to some of these details soon as well. Okay, yeah. Well, it's, it's good to know that there's the specifics. You know, it's, it just it has to all fit into place, right? It has to fit into place. Yes, uh, yes, Rosemary. So the question is, um, When you get to see her one day, whenever it'll be, it'll all be in front of you. You'll have no questions because it'll be there. And I've heard that a few times. It'll all be there. All the questions. It all makes sense, there. right? So, all, so. All the questions we have about why that person, why how, sorry, it's going to be, why, why, why are you sorry? Oh, no. So, the, so, so the, we, will, we will get there. I don't want That's to. That's his opinion. This is one man's opinion. No. Many. No, no, no. This is predominant Jewish thought. This is this is this 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 is this is mainstream Jewish thought. Yeah, I wanted to point out that there is a minority opinion of the Rambam who views it somewhat differently. The uh, Maimonides, but I, I just I, I, and I don't want to get into the after afterlife thing because he's not he's not talking about that right now. That's going to be a later a later topic if we have a chance to get there. But I do want to point out that uh, this argument itself has ramifications in terms of. Post death, this is it's still olamaze. It's still part of that fixed time. That's what that's what he's saying. Yes. Is this where we uh, this concept is where you get the the concept of Gilgul Neshamot? Because complicated. Yes, but it, it, because it's part of that. Yes. By necessity, if a neshama hasn't yet finished its job, it's going to possibly or part of it will have to come back to 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 to, to finish that particular role because, because it's still in. Okay, exactly. If you're in a hallway, okay. You know, Correct. Come back and finish your job. Correct. So it's a, okay. now what that hallway looks like is very complex, but it happens to be it's still it's still a, a part of the it's still part of the confines of Olamazeh. Okay. So so folks, all all he's done right now is he's just said is that for this whole this whole experiment to work, and when I say experiment, I don't mean it lightly, because it's not as if this is you know. This is us. This is our reality. But the, for this, this whole idea, this whole, this whole concept to work, it, it, it needs to have two separate times. Make sense? And we call that Olam Abba and Olam Azeh. Right? So now, ne- the, next, the next step is, is we've talked about separation of time. The next point we need to talk about is separation of place. So however, 
Right, so the next logical, uh, logical step we need to make is in paragraph Dalet. According to the differences of times, not only are the times different from each other, they're distinct, but what happens in each of them has to be different. All the time of working, that's the Olamazeh, needs to be in a one particular manner or characteristic. It needs to have all the necessary um, inventory for it to work. For it, it needs to have all the wherewithal in it for that to work. Perush, what does that mean? It needs to have the war between the ideas and the material. And there cannot be anything in that space which will stop the, 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 a decision being made freely, as it's needed. So there should be nothing in what we call this world which is going to make the weight of that internal decision process of that creature called human being more tilted towards Chomrios, Materialism or more tilted towards uh, Ruchanios, which is spirituality. There should be nothing in this, this place and container, so to speak, which is going to augment one side over the other, because that is internal. We, we, we are a human being internally. There should be nothing on the outside of this space which is going to pull us one way more than the other. You may say, wouldn't it be nice if God made it easier for human beings to make spiritual decisions? Just give them extra clues, right? Make it a little easier. Candy at the end of the road. Way, you know, way stations. Make it easier. Something. So the truth is, it may seem good, but it's not really good. Why? Because what's the whole point of good? Like that's really the, the whole point of good is God giving the greatest good. The greatest good is if we choose it. So if we're choosing it, we need it needs to be an equal decision, or otherwise it's the child be, otherwise being sent to bed. So if they're not being, if they, if that's the reason why they make the decision, that isn't really their own choice. If it isn't really their own choice, therefore they don't really own that decision. So it may seem like it's good to help prompt the prompt the human beings along the way. That's not good really because that's not really therefore real o- ownership. So Hashem, if you would just make it easier, <laughs> Hashem says. I'm trying to just just make decisions. Just do what you're supposed to do right now, right? So I shouldn't just just go reach down into our life and tell me and let the voice come from heaven. And no, says, I'm not making it easy because that's not good. That's not good for you, my child, right? That's 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 what it seems to be. Upizmana kibul sachar. In the time the person receives reward, and therefore in the second time zone, which is olam haba, it is the opposite. Kihinei. All control of the material in that time. If there was too much materialism in Olam Abba, then it would actually be a hindrance of cleaving to Hashem. And the whole point of that is being close to Hashem. Well, again, and that's why. That at that point in time, it should be only the Neshama which is in control that time. Materialism should be pulled with the spiritualism as well, which makes a lot of sense. If you, you sometimes you you might hear the, mash, the 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 parable, the marshal of um, of a trainer, 
the Yetzirah being like a trainer, right? So every time you just as you fall to the ground again, they get up, you have to do your work harder, and they keep pushing you down and making and pushing you beyond your limits. And, and so when you finish the training course, they're not going to torture you anymore, right? Because you did what you needed, right? You reached that, reach that benchmark. Same kind of thing. In this world, the, the train is there, so to speak. The Yetzirah is there. The Khamriyas is a very significant force in our life. It comes to the Olam Abba. That recess is because it now is pulled next to the, the, um, to, to the spirituality. You'll notice something interesting over here as well. Is he does not say that the world to come is completely devoid of physicality. Did you notice that? He says that the physicality will be, will, will be subsidiary and pulled towards the spirituality. Also another matter of debate is Olam Haba. Again, comes back to the same debate as the Rambam and Ramban. Is Olam Haba something which is fully spiritual? Or is it physical as well? Now you'll say, of course it's spiritual. The Rambam says, there's, when you read the Gomorrah, the righteous are sitting there with the crowns on their heads and they're enjoying the, the, the splendor of the Shekhinah. It's a cerebral reality. There's no body because bodies don't fit into the world of spirituality. Like the Rambam says, a human being can't see an angel. It had to be a vision. The Rambam also says when we go to the world to come, there ain't nothing else. It's just spirituality. You can't take pictures of it. It's not in the, the dimensions and the senses that we measure things with. Uh, that's what the Rambam says. However, it should be noted, the Ramban, as is adopted by mainstream Jewish thought, which is what the Derech Hashem is saying, is saying, no, there will be a body because the human being still is a human being. It's just that the, the, the body will be refined sufficiently to be able to get there, which is why the body goes through a process of refinement in the grave, that the soul goes through a process of refinement um, after, after we record the station in what we, what we have is our physical world around us. They are reunited to enter into Lamaba at that point in time. So you just notice that, 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 that detail which is, which, is, which is significant over here. The Ramban does point out that in that Gomorrah which says, Tzadikim Yoshim Vatrasem it still talks about sitting and their heads and crowns, which are all physical descriptions. So his point is, is that he needs to say, if it wanted to be, so, so, so it, it just happens to be, there are details in there which are also physically, um, what, what that looks like, complicated, what it means to refine a human body to the point of being, deserving of being in a spiritual format, is, 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 is something quite, quite, quite profound. And finally he says, well, Omnam, nonetheless, that's why we have two worlds. Olam Olam this world has its own rules. In order to, um, to create this, this obstacle course. And the world to come has its own rules. Which is necessary for receiving the reward. So we just look backwards on the last two paragraphs. We looked at paragraph Dalit and paragraph Gimel. Paragraph Gimel says it's, it's empirically necessary for there to be two separate times. And now in paragraph Dalit, he explains, and therefore there needs to be different worlds to contain those times. One's finite, one's infinite. One has to have a, a heavier, we'll call absence of Hashem, or, or a heavier focus on the material for the decision-making to be equal. And then and the, one, the world to come, where the, spirit, the material is less, less of, a, of an ingredient in order for, this, for the person to be able to receive infinite reward from the decisions they made in this world. Okay, so it makes sense? This is where it comes from. So if you, if you were to say, like, how do we know there's Olam Abba and Olam Abba? Essentially, the Derech Hashem, the Rangchao, would say, well, if you just take these logical steps, you will arrive at the basic conclusion that it has to exist, right, for this whole, this whole idea to, to work. It's just, it's such a, such a beautiful way of thinking. Okay, folks, we're good? This is, this, is the, the, this is where we have to write down. So this is all necessary next steps. So now, you may say to yourself, wait a second, 
That's, so he just made an argument which doesn't seem to sit right. It's important to ask the questions when it doesn't sit right. Because one of the arguments he just made is, is that in this world, everything is equally weighted. Right? Everything is equally weighted. So we have the ability to be able to listen to our material needs or our spiritual needs and make those decisions. And the world is not meant to be a hindrance in either direction. Because it would be too much of a hindrance of, of, of materialism. It would be too hard for us. And if it would be too weighted towards the spiritual, it would be unfair for the experiment, for this whole process to work. Right? So we say to ourselves, I don't know. <laughs> it's a pretty materialistic world around us. <laughs> right? Is it just the 21st century? Or is it really hard to make decisions? Right? So meaning to say, like, we walk outside and basically our whole lives we're, we're pulled by all kinds of alluring um, things. And, and not necessarily bad things, just physical things, you know? So like so much of our life we spend, we spend all these, these decisions being, we're being pulled, like all these billboards and all these ideas and all this convenience and this pleasure and this comfort, which is the, the, the basic currency of society around us, right? It, convenience and entertainment are the two most, most important assets in, in, in Western society. Everything else works up to them. The entertainment industry is, is way more important than, than, to people than politics. Unless the politics are getting in the way of their comfort. And so, like, meaning to say, think about it. This is not, this is not the realm, of, realm of, the, of the founding fathers of America anymore. This is about barbecues on Labor Day. I'm saying, like, this is not, nobody's thinking about any of these things. We're, we're dealing with a world of comfort and convenience, entertainment. Those are the, those, that's what it is. I, I once remember when I was, when I was uh, walking past at uh, Madison Square, the garden, and, like, there was, like, you know, a 20-story, a, a it was the time when Shrek 3 came out, you know? And it was like this huge billboard, like floor upon floor of Shrek 3. I was thinking to myself, this is what the society celebrates. You know, it's like what sells the most amount of tickets at the, at the, at the, at the local theater. Right? That's what it is. You know, you go to other societies which, which are more ideal based. And they, by the way, there's bad countries out there with bad ideals. But like at the time when ISIS was around, I'm saying the banners were not about entertainment, right? They were about destroy America and destroy the West. They were believing in, it was an idea. It's not a, entertainment. You understand? So like we live in a world that's just completely, completely entertainment and convenience. How often do you ever see a billboard that, you know, that, 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 that talks about an idea? Now, sometimes you go deep in Slovenia, you can find the, the, the ones about the church, the church billboards. That's wonderful. But most of them are selling something or some sort of lifestyle or convenience or product or something. Think about the So like is, is what he's saying really an accurate reflection of the world that we're in? That's the next, the next step that he has to take. Rosemary. Look, you, you can certainly close to yourself. There's no question. I'm just saying, a default person who lives in society around themselves, it's not, it doesn't seem to be the very basic world that he's describing. It's very hard to, to, to make decisions which are about ideas today. And so that's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem like that. that's the way society is oriented. That's, that's why you're coming. So you're right. You can make you this way. You can, you can change that. I agree. But I'm just saying, default person going through a default society, we are, we are buffeted and pulled in ways which, we're, which, which, are, which seem to be very weighted towards one side of this equation um, more, more than another. 
So that being the case, how is that, how is that rea- rea- reality? So the answer is, he's about to answer. He's, he's, this is, this is, he's, he, we're only at the beginning of the story here. So now the next step is, is, is the following, is that something changed. It did change. It didn't change in 2021. He has, it changed many, many years ago. Um, he, has, he, has, he has how it goes. In paragraph 8, You need to know the following truth. What we look around us and the world around us is not what humanity used to be. There was a tremendous watershed moment. This was mentioned last week. It was a sin. And that sin changed the framework of reality. Um, from what it was before. The implication and the outcome, the collateral outcome of that change um, is, 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 uh, is incredible. We're going to talk about it later on. Anytime you talk about the human experiment, the human idea, um, it needs to be in two separate uh, conversations. You need to talk about um, Adam and Eve pre-sin. And you need to talk about post sin. So you wonder why does the world look different? He's saying, I was talking about pre sin. This whole idea I told about here was we're called Plan A. Let's do, so let's, let's, let's analyze the difference between Plan A and Plan B. So Plan A, Vav, in paragraph Vav. What I've described to you up to now. The equal, equally weighted decision making, that was all Adam, a, Adam 1. Now, not to confuse with Genesis 1 versus Genesis 2, the two Prokim, Aleph and Beis, that's a whole other topic. But um, Adam, pre-sin. He was comprised of two different components. That's soul and body. And they had both good and bad in him. And he was equally... Um, suspended between the two of them, to make that choice. By making the decision of good versus bad, which was not to eat, to listen to God, he would have elevated his body, and his, his intellect over his material, and he would be immediately completed. And that would have been it. So it's so interesting. We think of this world as a complex, long, arduous journey. The truth was that round one was a very simple binary experiment. It was, it was the, the way it was sent up. And let's go back to the idea. The idea is Hashem wants to give the greatest good to, 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 to someone else. So Hashem creates a space and then there's someone else in that. That someone else needs to earn it so they need to make a choice. So why does it have to be so many choices? There's just one choice. There weren't 613 choices. There was one choice. And that was God says... Eat these, don't eat that. Right, was it? That was the choice, right? And ultimately speaking, if they made the right decision, if human beings had made the right decision, boom, that whole purpose of the universe would have been fulfilled. It would have been it, done, finished. Eternal reward, given a goodness to, for, for eternity. It would have been so simple, right? When you think about it, it wouldn't have been this, the, the world that we know of at, at all. It would have all worked out. But Sarak Shetadan, you should know, when we try to sense our soul, when everybody talks, talks about, I sense my soul, you should, 
always either be worried or, or very attentive to that person because not everybody is very in touch with their soul, right? So we, 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 we sense our soul, he says, when we, we reflect on the, our intellect and our more ethereal emotions. Zulas achios haskala. V'inai be'emes yesh bechukov, bechukov she'tezakech etzim aguf v'chomro u'talei ilu echar ar ilui. The soul has the capacity to elevate and purify our body by making those decisions, by following its call. Until the body can accompany the soul in its experience. You see very spiritual people. And clearly their body is, is you know, an attachment to their soul. Right? They've got a very big soul and it's, a, and it's attachment. It's kind of following in, in line with, um, with, 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 that, uh, with that soul. That's what would have happened to a human being. The body would have been snapped back to where the soul was. And it would have been eternally attached to a spiritual being. He would have tilted the scale towards this being a spiritual being, not just being a, a, a material being. However, but since the human being decides sin, he does not get into right now why the human being would sin. I would like to leave that as a question. Why the human being would choose option B? Because it was clearly not just a mistake on a whim. There was, there was much more to it. But nonetheless, the human being did sin. There was, a lot, there was quite a lot of changes that happened. At the beginning of the creation, there was deficiency, like we talked about. So this, this we'll call shadow. Lacking God's presence places in the world, right? In order to facilitate that equally weighted choice of a human being. And he could therefore achieve um, completion through his choices. Then when a person sinned, material became more of a factor internally and externally. The human being, so to speak, the weight on the spectrum was pulled more towards the material. And therefore became harder to fix what was before. Perush, what does that mean? At the beginning, you could easily escape. It was a 50-50 choice to choose completion. Because that was how the experiment was co conducted. This whole idea was conducted in absolute good and justness. The only reason that bad needed to exist was as the necessary, the requisite hurdle to overcome. At the moment I avoid or I, I overcome this hurdle, I no longer need that hurdle and therefore the hurdle goes away. When we, when we sinned, that, that completion now is hidden more. Now there's more deficiency around us. And we did it to ourselves after all. It becomes harder to make those decisions to get towards completion. We have a few more steps to make just to get halfway and then to make the decision.
And this is as, as he explains. So, Kol Shekain, Shebehechrech Yishtad Lusoy HaMistarech Ata LaHagia LeShleimus Hinei Kofel. So therefore the work necessary for us to arrive at real completion is doubled to what it was in Plan A. First we need to return to our pre-chet existence where we had that equally weighted experiment. And then and then make that decision right the next time around. There have been a few times in history where that, that was attempted by the way. Right, so when you hear the Midrashim which talk about Noach leaving the Tabor and he's, and, he, and, he's, and he's experimenting with, with the van and so on, and, and the Midrashim said that he was trying to fix the Chet of Adam Rishon, there are a lot of comparisons, right, you know, three sons, right, deal, dealing with the, 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 this fruit, according to one opinion, the Chet of, of Eitzadas was in fact the grape as well. There's a lot of interesting things, what he was trying to get back to that primordial stage. When you hear about Har Sinai, the notion that this, the Midrash talks about of Pasku Zuha Masam, that something of the Nachash in us left, we could return to that state. Unfortunately, the Cheta Egel did not help that process. We, we sort of returned. So a few moments in history where humanity, or at least some of humanity, tried to get to, the, to this point. But his, point, his, his main point over here is that we are now in a much more complex reality, in a reality which is automatically, by default, more weighted towards material, which is the world we notice and see around us. And our first goal is to get back to pre then to make the decision correctly. That's going to be a lot of work. That's a lot, a, a, a lot of work to do, uh, to do as well. This is only difference number one. I don't want to to uh, um, to to rush this the, this next point. So I'm going. To, I think it, it now is actually a good place to stop before we try to complete this chapter. But this is also going to therefore change the way in which our actions are reflected in the world around us. If Adam and Chava had made the right decision at the time, the results would have been immediate, right? So immediately they would have seen the fruit of their action of making this decision of spiritual versus material. In the world that we live, we don't live like that, right? We make good and bad decisions and nothing seems to change, right? Nothing seems to change around us, which makes it easier for us to rationalize bad decisions and easier for us to dismiss good decisions because we just don't see immediacy when it comes to those reactions. And so we're going to discuss a little bit of that in Mr. Shem in the, in the coming weeks, the complex reality of Olamazeh part two, plan B, which is really where, where, where we are. So it's, what he's done is he's moved really from last week where the realm was this ideas, like why we need the system as to why the system, how the system started, how the system morphed into something else, else and where we live in that. Now we're going to develop those details a little more to get, to get a sense of where we belong in that system. Complicated, but really, really fascinating. As I appreciate it. Any questions, thoughts, uh, observations? Okay. Yes, Jenny. You know, you just mentioned that when after you know we pass away, the body goes to you know get its uh, refinement, and the soul gets its refinement up to heaven. Now, what, why does the soul need refinement? Oh, good question. Well, we we make we also make bad decisions as well. Right? I mean, say like. So although it's true that a lot of those decisions are because of the body, but we also make bad spiritual decisions too, right? So, no, so there's, there's certain things that, are, that, we, uh, that, we, that, that do, need, do need a tick on because it has an impact on our soul. The soul is made of multiple levels, so whether it be three, five, ten levels, it just depends how, how you how you, how you grading, uh, grade seeing the different parts of it but the lower levels are influenced by the decisions we made as well. In the same way that the body can be purified, the, the soul can be muddied as well. Not the highest level, but the lower levels can be somewhat, uh, somewhat uh, um, contam contaminated to a certain degree, and that contamination needs to be 
removed as well. So there's a certain period of cleansing necessary. Better to, better to do cleansing in this, wo in this <coughs> world than to, to have to do cleansing in the post-life. Just the general rule about things as well.